What up, everybody? We are back, Oasis Podcast, and it's me, Brennan. What up? I'm Ben. And then... <laughs> I'm Dylan. Dylan is back. Uh, Dylan is the Oasis intern, and Jaina has gone back to her home state of Indiana Boo. to see her family for Thanksgiving. I guess that's nice. That is nice. Very, very good. She gets to do that. Uh, but yeah, so she'll be back eventually. But in the meantime, we've got Dylan, and we're excited to have him on yeah. to talk all about Bible translations. I know this is a an extra sexy conversation. I know it's one that's probably not very clickbaity. Oh, this is pillow talk for me. <laughs> You got a Bible over there. What version is that? No, we only, there's only one correct version. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, we'll start like this. If you guys could speak any language, like ever in the history, either it's current or an extinct language, you know, they don't speak it anymore. What what would it be? Irish. You and this, you did this for accents too. A hundred percent. I am obsessed with Ireland and all things Irish. I'm going to go there one day and take Abby. But there's, it's, okay, we call it Gaelic, but it's only known as Gaelic outside of Ireland. They call it something else that I don't know how to pronounce. If I try to pronounce it, I'm going to fail miserably. But it's known literally as Irish, the Irish language Hmm. in Ireland. But it's one of the oldest and most historic written languages in the world. I didn't know that was where Gaelic was, I guess. So, so, but, so Gaelic usually is associated, and I did know this, with Scottish. Hmm. And it's just a whole weird thing. Anyway, Irish. (laughs) The official language of ireland although okay here here's the thing yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pre-apologize to everyone i'm about to offend just but don't people in ireland speak so that's the norm there so they speak english with a irish accent but their actual is an irish language that's called like that if someone was speaking it i wouldn't a hundred percent this is yes yes okay Yes. Okay. Well, you don't even stand their English either. Because so. like Wales, Correct. Wales, they speak English, but there's Welsh. There's Welsh. And I know that because I've watched The Crown. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. I honestly was like, this show is going to be really dumb, but it actually is like low-key no. kind of sweet. Yeah. Talk but there's a ton about the, the It's British a Gaelic show. language that only we say it's Gaelic. Okay. Because we're outside of Ireland, yeah. but it's an old Celtic language. Huh. Okay, I'm learning stuff already. Yeah. I hope you guys are learning too. <laughs> Irish people don't just Because you got... You have... Scott. Scottish. Yeah, that's a, that's also a language. The British speaks British, right? Well, they, they, they speak <laughs> English. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Dylan, what would you speak? Okay, so I have a little story about this because I was reading through our outline and I saw this question while I was getting my coffee at Starbucks yesterday, and so Starbs. I was thinking, like, okay, what you know, what language would I want to speak? And for some reason, I was fully convinced in my mind. I just said Australian. You two and your weird. What's you, wrong with you? You guys just want to speak English, but different. No, mine was the legit answer. So why, Aussie? I have no. I was just convinced. Like I, I love Australians, but um, you've been listening to too much John Tyson, huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> ben uh, too. I got. But I, yeah, I just like. I was just fully convinced. I'm like Australian. I'm like, wait, no, they speak English. Yeah, oh yeah. But no, before that, I would have. Oh loved, yeah, mate. Loved to. No. <laughs> uh. Uh-uh, no. Nope. That was Jamaican, first of all. <laughs> that was not great. Put Brennan on the bobsled team. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, there's four things so far in the first 10 minutes of this podcast that you could cancel for. Yeah, but I just preach on forgiveness. I know, that's so why I'm, I'm not got like going a, to cancel I've got you. like a grace period. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got to use all my stuff now while you guys oh, are still no. forgiving me. Yeah, we got to practice that forgiveness, <sighs> so Brennan's just letting it all rip. But actually, I would have gone with French. I lived with a bunch of, or lived around a bunch of people being French, playing a lot of hockey, you knew a lot of French oh, yeah. people. So, 
Um, I was French Canadian. Yeah, French Canadian. There you go. Wow. Dang. French and I, man, I legit think I would speak Spanish. Like if I could, there is just like being where we're at. okay, Mister Practical. But, <laughs> like, we get it. but Spanish is also like kind of cool. Like. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it that they. It sounds nice. Like their music in Spanish is like super nice. Like you, you just like. I don't know. There's something about it that if I had to 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 speak a language, I legit. I know there's practical, but I honestly think I'd pick Spanish. Okay. Which, yeah, I know it's not it's not the coolest of them, but it's no Gaelic. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we we started talking about. Uh, languages to start is because the key to understanding different bible translations is the idea that the bible was not originally written in english it was originally written in a couple different languages uh three technically there's hebrew which makes up a a significant portion of the old testament and it's the jewish language there's aramic that's in the books of esther and daniel which is a part of the old testament and then there is Greek, which makes up the entire New Testament. And so these three languages are in the Bible, and that's the original languages they were written in, because the story takes place in the uh, modern-day like Middle East. It actually spans three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. But really, it's just that Middle East region, and that's the language they spoke there when they were living out the stories. And so when they were recounting them, putting them on paper, they did it in their normal language. And then across time, the Bible has been translated so that we could read it. So it was translated from those languages to, at one point it was Latin, and then it was to German, and then eventually it got to English, and and now we have different translations that go straight from the Greek or the Hebrew or the Aramaic to English. And so that's kind of where this whole conversation starts, is that if the Bible was originally written in English, there might not be all of these different translations for it, because we wouldn't need it. They would We would have had the original words, but we don't. And so now it becomes other people who are way smarter than the three of us at the table who need to sit there and read these original languages and decide, okay, how does that actually best translate so that it means the same thing when I hand this Bible to someone later? Does that make sense to start off? Love it. Do you know the most spoken language in the world? Is it Mandarin Chinese? No. I thought that too. What is it? It's English. Oh. Mandarin is a very close second. Okay. Anyhow. Continue. The most Bibles sold in the world are in English, though. I just did this for uh, Christianity 101 as a class we're doing here for a lot of the Oasis people over our Sunday mornings. And it's like two-thirds of the Bibles in a year are English. Are English. Um, and it, Americans are buying a lot of them, say, which yeah, really like doesn't it. make a ton of sense because we have a lot of Bibles here. We just need And other portions of, of the world need a lot more Bibles than... Con- consumerism. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Facts. All right. Continuing to move on. Otherwise... Why else do these exist? Like, let's have a little bit more of a conversation just talking about, like, where do these come from? Why do we have so many of them? Oh, wait, wait. I almost skipped the game. I was hoping I you would because I'm not looking forward to no, this. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have a game plan. It's, 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 this is like when, if someone were to, like, create a game to set up so they would know that they would win and yep. succeed, this no, is what's going to yes, happen no, right now no. in this moment. Yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I hope I win. I always hope I win. I'm a three. I really, really, really want to win. But here's the thing. And I'm an eight, so I'm making up every excuse already up front. So when I lose, I can say, yeah. I don't know. 
the game is this. It's rapid fire. Rapid fire. It's rapid fire <laughs> translations. And so we're gonna go around our circle here. I'll start. Maybe let's just start with me. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna cheat. I no have, cheating. I know. Don't I look, I'm putting my computer away. Don't look away. at those. I'm gonna cheat. But in this, we're gonna go around the circle. We're just gonna name Bible translations. The Can you, we can't repeat. If we no, repeat, if you are repeat, you you're out. You're Who's out. gonna keep okay. track. Or you just have to remember. You just gotta remember. Oh, that's we'll know. The worst. We'll know. It's accountability. So I'll go first. <laughs> I'll say the of NIV, course. which is the New International Version. NLT. What it? Which is the New Living Translation. Oh. I'll do the ESV, English Standard. Marty panicking, but I will. Do... I know my heart like literally. <laughs> I'm, like I'm looking at my heart rate right now. I'm like nervous. I'll do the RSV, the Revised Standard Version. Okay. Do the message. I'm going to do the NRSV. Oh, <laughs> big cheater. Uh, what's this stand for? The new revised. There you go. I'll do KJV, King James Version. I'll do new King James Version. Dang it. <laughs> Stole my party trick. I'll go with the Passion Translation. Ooh, that was the one I wanted. Um, I will go the Amplified Translation. I'm going to go with God's Word Translation. Oh, Holman Christian Standard Version, which mm. I have from my grandpa. Yeah. It's the only way you know that that's a thing. Check this out. CSB, Christian <laughs> Standard Bible. So, the worst. <laughs> uh, the Jubilee Christian Bible. Oh, that's Get good. Out of here. The New World Translation, which is the Jehovah's Witness That's where my mind went. I was about to say that myself. Now I'm a little nervous that someone yeah, said I'm, this, yep. but do we do Passion Translation? Yes. Yes. No! Let's go! <laughs> All right, I'm out. I'm out. Dylan? I can't remember now what's been said. That's I'm, the hard I'm going part to look. about it. I'm going to look since I've already lost. Timer's on, man. N-I-S-V? Is that a thing? Um, New International Standard Version? Uh, I do not see an N-I-S-V. Do you have one, one yeah, more? Living Locked Translation, in. which was just like the message, the first, 1971. Oh, maybe it's not the Living Translation. Mm, 1971. What am I looking for? Living translation? Yes. I don't see a living translation. We all lost. Oh, I find it. So there you go. We all yep, I find it. We you're, all together lost. But there are hundreds of Bible translations on the Oh, here on the Bible app alone, there are 2623 versions in over 1700 languages. And so there are plenty of us that we could have said, but really when it comes Oh yeah. What? Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton. There's so many. But we wanted to be able to play this silly kind of random game so that you could hear at least some of them. Maybe some of those you've heard before. Others of you maybe haven't. But in that, now we'll dive back into the oh, conversation. The Bible. I miss the easy translation. That's my go-to. I, I can't believe I didn't go for mine. I had it pocketed. Yeah. I was going to go the LOL cat translation. Oh, yeah. Oh. You talked about that like <laughs> Oh, there's four, the Gen Z It's hilarious. It refers to God as the ceiling cat. <laughs> and then all the words are like mixed letters, so it reads terrible. I don't own it, but I've thought about buying it for a nice desk souvenir. Maybe in the future. Terrible. If you're no. looking for get me a Christmas gift. NASB, like one of the top five. Most, we didn't say that one. I know. Okay. We're we, the worst. It was hard, though. We were on the on the spot. We were. We got to give it, give yourself some grace. He yeah, was no? close though, because there's an ISV mm. International Standard Version. So mm. is there a new International Standard Version? Because there is Dylan one. I don't know. I don't really okay. care at this point. I do. This is fun. <laughs> it became fun. We we do have to get back into the conversation though, oh. because we do have to walk through a little bit of why are there so many? Like we were able to list what ten, fifteen there in that short little amount of time. Why are there so many different translations? Why do they exist? Because we don't, one, 
when you go back thousands and thousands of years, even with our Old Testament, which for the Jewish people is, is the Hebrew Bible or the Jewish Bible, you look back and the way that those stories were originally passed down were by oral tradition. So even with like the Old Testament, a lot was oral tradition. So you don't have the original version. So then when they started writing them down, again, it was started by in different languages. Mm-hmm. So what we don't have is the original manuscripts, the very original first time it was ever written to know, okay, this is exactly what was meant, what was read. So the letters in the New Testament that were written by Paul, we don't have the original manuscripts. So since we don't have the original manuscripts, at some points, they were copied and copied so that they can get obviously moved from time to time. Because I don't think a piece of paper, or it depends on what you write on, hmm. could like if I have if I write with pencil on a piece of paper, it's not going to last for two thousand years. Yeah, they had ink and papyrus and different things that were last a long time, but mm-hmm. they still had a copy. Yeah, because they had a copy, it's different and thousands of different copies, and they're because of that. There's just different variations of those things. Yeah, and they were really, really good at copying. They were incredible. They had they had strict things to copy. Yes, but because of that, they're still. You know, there's human error. Time, human yeah. error. Yes. Well, and, and so many of the variations are small little differences, but that when you hold two different copies yeah. and there's different different variations, eventually you have to make a decision which one of those are you going with. Yeah. Or how can you find a middle ground there? Yeah. Otherwise, what else? Why else do they exist? So some of them uh, just chose to translate them differently. Sometimes there's a varying in opinion of, okay, maybe he said this, he said that. Um, but there's also just... Um, Maybe the way that like they wanted to inflict of how something was said, um, like where they wanted to put some emphasis on yeah. different things, like that. or even just like uh, like I like certain words more than other words, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if I'm like yep. writing or tra- like I'm gonna probably use a word because I may like it that may kind of mean the same thing, mm-hmm. and in my head even doesn't change the the original th- uh, translation, but like someone in California doesn't have the same emphasis as that word that I do. Yeah, so like okay different types of translation differences. There's basically literally are the words, English words that are used. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to it, I think there's just the basic language idea that not always does one word in one language translate directly to something else that in like the Greek, there might be words that exist that don't translate well to English. Like, do you know that the Greek has four words for love? Yes. Like that's crazy. And we have one word and like, it doesn't, we can't translate all. We translate all four of those into the one word. Yeah. But like, there's an error there in the fact that what they're trying to encapsulate and say does not fit well in our English language. Yeah. And the same can be true about Hebrew. Like Hebrew doesn't always necessarily translate perfect to English. In the same way, like when you're in Spanish class growing up or whatever language you might have took, they would have taught you a word and been like, ah, well, actually, I don't know if that translates perfectly to what you're trying to say. Otherwise, on top of that, there's also the idea that language is constantly changing. That even the English language, what's what the way we sometimes we use some words today is different than they were used in the past. Like the the one of the examples comes from James two three in the King James translation when it was first originally translated, not the New King James, but the Old King James. In verse two, or in chapter two of verse three of James, it says that they wore gay clothing. To them, that word was translated fine. So that's how those people of that time meant it and wrote it. But now, if you were to sit there and you were to read today, your King James version, and see that they wore gay clothing, you might get based on our use of that word or consistent use of that word that you can get a completely under different understanding. <laughs> and so the NIV does huh. not translate it as gay clothing. It translates it as fine clothing. And so the English language has actually changed across time. And because of that, we needed a different translation or at least a revamp of the old translation. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add there? Or no, do you want to move good. on? Yeah. So what are some of the ways they sit down and they're like, 
let's plan let's let's yeah. translate that well then yeah then now you get into the actual like theory of yeah, bible the translation like the nitty-gritty of like how exactly now if i have the hebrew and greek text we have yes these manuscripts that have been passed down okay what specific mode of bible translation am i going to use and there's two main ones and we'll get into the, a couple different ones as well but you have i'm gonna i mean i'll just kind of go through a little both and, and you guys yeah, add whatever it's it's the main two big ones are word for word or thought for thought another way to say it is there's a formal equivalence of how you translate hebrew greek into english and then there's a functional equivalence so the formal is a more word for word they would some people would call this using this formal translation it's the more complete equivalence is, mm. is what they would say just because it's trying to get as close to the word, literal word for word translation um i mean it's even some positive of this is they can usually be easier for bible study individual mm-hmm. bible study and they would only say that and we would say that i would say that for sure because there was really careful attention mm. to how they were translating it's not we're going to go word for word a negative on that is sometimes it's not as easy to read yeah. so in a, in a in a word for word that's going to be your esv your kg your, your king james version where the more thought for thought is going to be something like an NLT. The, the more functional because it's now thought for thought is not word for word, but it's it's more sentence by sentence, I've heard it said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's your NLT version. It's a little easier to read, but not a word for word. Matches always the original intent, but uses an, I, w- I like to say, easier language to understand. Mm-hmm. So why why would you differ between one of those or the other? Like, why doesn't everybody translate word for word or thought for thought? Why are there even two different schools of thought here? Well, one, I would say because there's a lot of different readers. Hmm. And, and that's, I think, just real. I think some people, a lot of different readers, maybe even a lot of different, like, seasons and what people of life that people are mm-hmm. in. Um, if I am going to sit down and take time, I'm going to use a more ESV style. I use a, a bunch of different versions. So like um, it's what is my intent and motivation behind why am I reading specifically for this day? Mm-hmm. Like there's times where I just want to go and sit and read Eugene Peterson's The Message Version or go read the NLT because I just want to not quickly go through it, but just to be able to smoothly read it because mm-hmm. I'm not a great reader. Yeah. So that helps me better understand, okay, what is the message really trying to say? Um, yeah. And then otherwise, the there, there's something that's about – context and the cultural phrases that are used in normal everyday language that we have to recognize when the bible is being written it's everyday normal people who are writing to other everyday normal people and so the way i talk to people is sometimes i use cultural innuendos i use different phrases that we might be associate with so like in the english language one that i think does this really well drip no not drip (laughs) okay that would be but if you like said to someone like it's raining cats and dogs like in our context, in our culture, we would understand that means that's raining really heavy. But if you translate that in word to word to a different language and someone who's not in our context and our culture sits down and reads, it's raining cats and dogs, they might not understand what that means. But if you translate it thought for thought, well, I originally wrote as it's raining cat and dogs might translate to a different language as it's raining really heavy. And so they're still understanding exactly what I'm saying, but it's not in the exact words in which I'm using it. And so some of that comes into play when we're reading through these different translations as well. Otherwise, there's one other like kind of nuance one that, Dylan, you want to hit real quick? Yeah, so the next one is like a meaning for meaning. So it's the closest natural equivalence um, to what the original text was saying. So it's like, um, it's kind of similar to a paraphrase. I mean, we'll get at that later, but it's taking, okay, maybe a sentence and maybe it's not a thought, but it takes what the original point was meant to 
to say. So it's taking like, if it was a letter from Paul, like what is he meaning in this letter? What is in this, you know, paragraph? What is he really trying to get at? Um, and so that's taking that meaning out of it. So it's not going for thought for thought. It's not directly the exact words he said, but it's, okay, what's the main point of this section that I can take out that is going to equate to something that can probably e- read easier um, and just kind of get that main point across. Yeah. And what's an example of that one for if people are wondering? So that's a, the God's Word translation. Yeah. Yeah. So, like su- the intent is super readable, mm-hmm. everyday English language that every so- someone who speaks English as a first language knows. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be confused mm-hmm. on what this is trying to say. And I liked – you can actually Google this. If you Google uh, – Bible translation scale or like photo, you can see uh, an image of how these line up in conjunction with each other from word to word yeah. to as loose really of thought to thought as you'd like. And so That's, if you, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. really when it comes down to it, if you were to picture this with me on the far left side becomes the word to word translations of the ESV yeah. or the KJB. As you move to the right, it gets farther away from that word to word, more towards thought to thought. And at the farther end is these ideas of like meaning for meaning. And then even beyond that is the idea of paraphrases Mm -hmm. or biblical translations that function more like commentaries. So let's talk about those for a second. Yeah. So there you're getting into, and I, I don't know if I think commentary is probably the right language. Yeah. Um, I just think it can be misleading. And in what way? Like when someone, when I think of commentaries, I think of opinion based on text. Okay. And it becomes more you. of, you yes. know what I mean? So yeah, that's yeah. just how, like, when I read commentaries, that's but super I understand fair. what you mean. No, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah, it is translation. It but is it's, translation by its, but it's the ones that we would refer to are by one person. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult to read it as a sole Bible mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, but like, one of my favorite authors is Eugene Peterson insanely psychotic brilliant man like just the smartest human being maybe i mean i don't know about ever but maybe um but loves jesus and 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 was a presbyterian pastor uh just an incredibly smart man who translated the bible and it's what we know and now refer to as the message bible mm-hmm. but it's like it's one specific person who've paraphrased scripture who ha- were smart enough to know the Greek and know the Hebrew and then translate it into modern day English. Um, but yeah, the paraphrase, because it's a lot of, I mean, some people push back on, on, I think all one person translations yeah. because they're using their own language, what they know, which automatically you're going to go from your experience language. You like to use metaphors you like to use that help you understand that hopefully will help other people also understand. Yeah. And you've kind of hinted at this, but you you said it's a one-person translation. What do you mean by that? Like you're saying the NIV wasn't just one guy. Yeah, so usually when you get ESV, NIV, even like the NLT version, so was was started off, so New Living Translation, which I read a lot, started off as they were trying to reframe what's called, that's what I was trying to call um, the Living Bible Mm. uh, Translation, whatever it's called, wrote in 1971 by one guy. Mm. So this one guy, first one, from what we know, person to translate the Bible by himself, one person. And so the NLT, what they were going to do is like just kind of rephrase some things and redo it. And they ended up scratching it and just a group of people together start using some of the original, that living Bible, whatever translation uh, started over basically and, and together translated. Yeah. So it's, I think it brings accountability into it. Yep. I think it brings in multiple minds that have studied a lot of different things. You bring in, um, so you look at the ESV multiple people it's like they brought in doctorates and scholars who had studied Philippians for decades mm-hmm. 
and then okay hey we need you to help translate philippians where this person had not had maybe a no schooling or or anything on i should say anything but decades of study or doctorates towards maybe like genesis mm-hmm. but it's like hey you're crazy smart of philippians so let's bring in the experts on genesis and have them translate yeah and then they come together mm-hmm. And I think it just becomes the human filter system where it's like in one person, it's one person's opinions, one person's thoughts. But at, the more you add, if it's yeah. done correctly, yeah. you filter those verses, those ideas, those concepts through a bunch of people so that the out product is the closest and best it could possibly be. Yeah. So it's not wrong that that person translated yes. it by themselves. Yeah, that's really good. It just becomes, it's a little bit more dangerous for lack of a better word. Or like, it I think l- it's okay to, to say, I don't know if it's the only one you should read mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. I'm not saying don't read it. I read it, the message. Let's jump Absolutely. to this question. Which one's the best? <clears throat> Probably Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that like a Spock version? Yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> it's a Star Trek. It's a legit Star Trek. I'm just uh, saying, if you're not in the cat Bible every day, what are you doing? It's right now? here. LOL cats. LOL cats. Are you kidding me? The ceiling cat has... Here we go. So he Klingon. wants best for you. Um, LOL cats. The word on the street, Ooh. Uh, a modern-day version of the Bible shrunk down to a more manageable 500 pages. Okay. Interesting. And then the Pidgin or Pidgin English. Okay. I'm going to get a couple of those. Which is, which get, is get Pig Latin. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry, well, guys. Oh, what Just, is the best? You know, like... <sighs> what, what we love to say is the best version is the one you're reading. There you go. <laughs> Why do you say it like that, though? I think because we... <clears throat> I think we have a tendency in in American evangelicalism to worship the Bible more than we should. And then in that, what we do is we worship or idolize or lift up or pedestal certain versions of the Bible, certain translations of the Bible. And so in doing that, when I have a conversation or like I know I've had conversations with like, oh, I read NIV and I get looked down upon or I've had negative kind of like, well, there's only one real translation. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say it's like if there's one that you can read and like to read and it's getting you into the word of God of what God is saying to you, that's the best translation for yeah. you. And the answer becomes for that is because there's no perfect translation. That if the perfect trans- – no, there is. Let me rephrase that. It's the one that probably doesn't exist anymore in the original manuscripts in the original languages. That's the perfect translation. Yeah. But we don't have that and we we can't. Uh, and so it becomes, how do we best do what God would want us to do with what we have? That's good. Uh, but what's better, like newer or older in that? Like, are we looking for like the King James, which is maybe 150, 200 years old, somewhere around there? Or are we looking for like the 2011, 10 years ago NIV? Like, which one of those is better? Like, is it, what? what's the difference here? Yeah, I think especially like the the older ones, of course, have... Like the language that was used back in that time, I think that's the biggest part about when you talk about uh, translations that you know depend on age, whether they're newer or older. The older they are, the more you know timely the um, the English that is used. Where the newer, same thing. Like it's the words that we are common to use now. It's the things that we're comfortable with, but it's also the the information that's used. So there may be more scientific information about something that we can use to uh, better a translation or um, to, you know, maybe, uh, flesh out an idea a little bit better, but at the same time, we also have a little bit more liberty now because there have been so many translations. I think there's probably a little bit more of a likeliness to err from the original text where the older ones are 
probably pushing more towards word for word. Mm. Yeah, so it kind of depends even there too. Oh, yeah. No clear. What What do you prefer though as we sit around the table? Like Ben, you've kind of chatted about it a little bit. Like, I think it depends on what I'm doing. Um, I have where I take all my personal Bible study notes. Like even if I'm reading daily devotions as an NIV, I like to read NLT to start when I do sermon prep. Like as just that version, and then I will go into an ESV version. I like to read multiple versions during sermon prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm like studying, get taking it a moment or time to actually study and stop and stay, spend an hour in a text, I'll do multiple versions, but ESV, I like to do the word for it. So usually anywhere between ESV, NIV, NLT, NLT, excuse me, yeah. uh, is where I'm, I'm leaning, but ma- mostly NIV. Yeah. Dylan, what do you read? I'm, I have, I go back and forth cause I have my, my mini NIV Bible. I carry around my mini one that I can just take everywhere, but I have like my super big, um, HCSB home and standard Christian Bible, like study Bible. So it's my big honking one. It sits on my desk. Um, and I go back and forth because NIV is that more traditional where like kind of more towards word for word where HCSB kind of goes to the, the more paraphrase, not paraphrase, but like thought for thought idea. If someone is just wanting to start reading the Bible, where do you suggest they start with what translation? A thought for thought okay. is what I would suggest. Yeah. So anywhere from a CSB, NIV, NLT is what I would suggest. Mm-hmm. But if there are five and they're just way more intellectually smart than I am, mm-hmm. maybe they can handle something like an ESV. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I like to give this advice. I would start with whatever church your church yeah, is good. using, mm. like whatever your pastor is preaching from. That's where I would start. If you're a new Christian looking to read the word, um, usually a church in general has one. They, they preach more consistently from usually. usually. Like I know the church I grew up with going in Sioux Falls, they loved the NLV, NLT. And so they preached out of that every Sunday. And every person who came, they asked for them to preach out of that. Or here at Grace Point, for the most part, people are preaching out of the NIV translation. And so then if you were able to bring your Bible to church, yeah. or if you're able to go to a small group, you chances are there there's an easier way for you to follow along as you read through your Bible. As well as when you come to Oasis, you can always come get a free Bible. We have free Bibles to give out at Oasis. And we give out the NIV translation. And one of the reasons we picked that is because we commonly preach from that. And we wanted our people to be able to, hey, I saw them preach from Philemon, and I want to be able to go and read Philemon on my own and yeah. see what they were talking about. And then you can directly from the same words. Should we? What are you laughing about? No, sorry. I was just oh. going to make a joke. I should have. I just, it just came to me. When you uh, asked what's the best version, I was going to say the NIV because that's the, 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 the translation they gave me at my ordination. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, don't be ashamed, like, even to use, like, a children's Bible. Oh, like, that's, yeah. When I became that's... a Christian, my senior year of high school, that was the first Bible I read was my children's Bible that I got when I was a baby. Yeah. And also, like, in my Bible study, there's been several times where we've been just, like, completely stumped on something, and we've gone straight to the Easy Read Bible. Hmm. Like, sometimes, like, we're not that smart. And so we <laughs> sometimes have to be humble and go to those super easy translations to kind of get that main idea across mm-hmm. so that we can understand it and then look at that, look through the lens of that easier translation to what the, the translation that we're using to really try and flesh out and see what the Word is trying to say. And I think that's a great point because it shows that in different seasons, you might need different things. Yeah. So like when I first became a Christian, like the very first Bible I had is I also read a children's Bible, but it wasn't like a children's Bible with like pictures. It was like a late oh, teen. pictures. Mine was like elementary school, like your fourth, fifth grade Bible. It didn't have even like verses, but it just had like the main chapters. And the reason I started there is because I wanted an overarching biblical narrative 
to form my idea on. So I wanted to know from Genesis to Revelation, what is this about? And then from there, I was able to get into more of the nitty gritty. Like I wanted to lay my foundation on something that was um, easy for me to understand so that I could continue from there. So then after that, I bought an NIV Bible. And then from there, I've done a lot of my personal devotions in that. But for a season, I needed something different. I just was listening to a, a, another college pastor talk the other day. And when he was talking, he says at their ministry, they give out a lot of teen Bibles to people for yeah. the first time, because teen Bibles a lot of times just help people understand the basics better, yeah. that we get too lost in the language and the words and we give up because it's hard. But if someone's just willing to take root and to read through a teen Bible for a season, yeah. that will probably pay more dividends for you than if you fight to get through a chapter of the NIV once a month. Yeah. So yeah, great point. Should we read multiple different translations though? If someone's like, I'm a, I'm a diehard King James, like I only read King James, is that okay? I would, I would question motive. Hmm. I just would, I, I would ask the person why. That, so should you, maybe, probably, I think it's, should you listen to more than one preacher? Hmm. I would say yes. Different voices are healthy. Different ways of, of phrasing things can open up your mind. So like different way, the way that the, the King James talks about John one and the Phillips translation talks about John one, one, like those are two different ways to, to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's it could open your mind to not put God in a box and, yeah. and not put like who you see Jesus as in a box. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's more beneficial to should you is <laughs> here's a different question. <laughs> is there any, you shouldn't read? I don't know. I'm serious in that. And here, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not smart enough to know this. Probably not, <laughs> but maybe. Again, I would I would ask. <laughs> I should say, go ask your pastor. <laughs> There's some, and I don't know if it's like I, this is to me. This is the format where I'd want to answer this question. Like I would have a one-on-one conversation if people really wanted to know. More so, just there's different. I don't want to say sex denominations, hmm. or even like uh, groups of people who follow like are underneath the Christian umbrella who read a way different translation of the Bible that like, I haven't read it. So I can't tell you if mm-hmm. you shouldn't read it, Yeah, but like, Hey, let's look into it together. Yeah. So it's more case by case. than I think, I think so. Like I would rather have someone come up and just like, Hey, I've heard about this version. What do you think of it? And if I know something, I'll tell you if I don't, let's look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think about like someone who reads exclusively from like the message though? Is that okay? <sighs> Again, where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I I would still go back to: Is it better for you to probably read multiple versions? Yes, mm-hmm. that's good. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I just want to really hammer that home because yeah. I think it's a question that I've wrestled with a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the only other thing I'll say, and then maybe we got a couple last tiny points, but even to through this podcast, I think we've used I've been guilty. I, I've done it multiple of yes. of using language of versions rather than translations, which I had a seminary professor call me out on once, and I think it's it's a good check. It is a good check. Because when we use the language of versions, we give off the idea that there's differences in content between them. So when I say I'm reading the NIV version and someone else is reading the ESV version, that actually becomes for some people they get confused and they're like, "Okay, well what's different?" Well, really, there's there shouldn't be significant differences in what they're teaching and what the stories are telling. Rather, that's why we call them translations, because it should be the original content should be the same. But that's why I just kind of, I, I encourage people to try and avoid version language, or at least be aware of what they could be putting off when they use that language. I'm going to do something that we hate to do around here. Uh-oh. I think it's semantics. 
Yeah. Because how you define define version is going to depend on what you think of that. Mm -hmm. Because if I share a story of an event that I experienced or saw, someone else is going to share if if they were in the same scenario. If I was at the Vikings miracle game when Stefan Diggs scored that touchdown, me watching it and sharing that story in my living room is going to be a different version than someone who's at the game alive. Mm -hmm. That's a different version, but both still the same experiences. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just I think like the way version is defined in, in in whatever Webster an account of of a matter from a particular person's point of view. Yeah, translation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess. But you I that. think you're right. I think it's as long as the way I'm using it and my motive behind it. If I know, I don't mean one is better than the other because mm-hmm. people definitely do that, and I probably think I have done that. Yeah. And so yeah, where am I checking myself even in that? I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Dylan, you want to kind of close us with just some of the, this this one of these last thoughts about just the beauty of what we what we do have as these different translations? Yeah, so of course, like we have just talked like for a long time about like all of our options when it comes to reading the Bible, but we can often take that for granted because there's people that don't even have the word yet. Like there's people that don't even get to experience what it's like to read scripture just because it's not translated like even in their language yet, like I think I can't remember what the number is. Yeah, it's just... Um, but there's a lot of people that still don't have the ability to read a Bible yet. Like it's still not uh, translated in their language. Um, and so the best way that we can do that um, to come alongside them to get everybody the opportunity, the ability to read the Word of God is to support Bible translation. We can do that through prayer. We can do that financially. Um and, like, there's many other ways. Like, if you're smart enough and you know, like, yeah. a, a language that, you know, not a lot of people know about, start translating. Like, go nuts. But yeah. Well, that's a good fact, I think, to put out that we shouldn't take for granted the idea that we have so many translations because some people don't even have one. They don't even have it in their orig- their language, and so yeah. they can't read it. And, yeah, the, I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to point you to is just a resource. So the Bible app made by Life Church uh, is the most commonly uh, downloaded Bible app. It's the one that looks, it's like brown on the cover. But on that, they have those thousand different versions on there. So if you're ever looking to go through a different version or to check out some of the ones we had talked about, just go click through there first because it's free, it's easy, it's on your phone or on your tablet. And so you can go through and do that. Also, there's a really cool feature that if you turn your phone sideways or if you're looking on a tablet, they have a side-by-side feature that you can use on the Bible app. So you can be reading something in two different translations right next to each other and seeing just the different discrepancies or different translation uh, uh, choices that are made between those and kind of wrestling with it as you go along. So don't feel like you need to go and buy $2,000 worth of expensive Bibles so that you have all these different translations. You have it in your pocket right now as a resource if you're interested in that. Anything else you guys want to say? I'll I'll throw in one more app. I I know all of us probably use Blue Letter Bible. Like That's something that I've gotten to recommend to a whole bunch of people as well. Um, because they do comparison between, like you can pick a verse and then it'll show you all the, like what all the translations say. And then for also those of you that are like really wanting to press into that kind of word for word translation, like it brings up the Greek, it brings up the Hebrew. So you can literally see what the translation is, what the original word meant. Um, and I think that helps a ton. It's something that's I've started to use, um, in my personal Bible study and it's, it's been so helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. Sweet. Well, thank you for checking in. Thank you for listening. As always, we'll hit you up again next week. And until then, we love you. Have a good time. See you guys. Bye. See you.